I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing today if it wasn't for my own struggles that I had when I was growing up. Um, I remember once I went on stage to collect a raffle prize when I was with my mates on holiday. And the guy said, what's your name? And I said, John. And I felt really embarrassed. I thought it was just because I'd had a few drinks that I was standing on stage in front of about 400 people. But then actually, when I wrote my book a few years ago, I actually realised what was going on. I was actually embarrassed to be me. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Coffee with Robert. I've got a great guest with me today. It's a guy called John Kenny, and he is known as the Relationship Coach. John, welcome. Hi, Robert. Thank you for having me today. Yeah, it's a real thrill. I've been taking a look at what you've been doing online and we connected on LinkedIn stuff. And I'm really, really into relationships too. I deal a lot with your relationship with yourself. You deal a lot with relationship with others. And I thought, well, it would be, it would be great for you and I to do a coffee with Robert together and just explore that a little bit more. And mm -hmm. our initial chat, chat as well, I felt that we really, really resonated and connected and I'm sure some of that energy is going to come across today. So I'm looking forward to it. I wonder, just for the benefit of the people watching this, if you could just talk a little bit about your background, what brought you to where you are yeah. now and what you see for yourself in the future. Yeah. OK, great. Um, so my background, um, I was one of those people who had no idea what they wanted to do with their lives as they were growing up. And when I was about 16, 17, I discovered athletics and realised I was a really fast runner. And for 10 years or so, I wanted to be a full-time athlete. I ran for Great Britain a few times, but never made it into the full-time realm of uh, athletics. And then when I gave up athletics after a series of injuries and some recognising, I really wasn't going to make a career out of it. I still had no idea what to do with my life. And um, I'd been working in retail most of the, the time I was doing athletics and kind of decided to stay in the kind of the service industry decided that after a little while I didn't really didn't know what to do so I thought I would choose a career path I then trained to be a teacher I went to university when I was 29 um, really didn't like teaching but while I was there we did some psychology and we did some uh, counseling in order to kind of work with the children and I really sparked my interest in looking at that uh, that field of things so I tried to change my degree to a psychology degree but was unsuccessful and in the meantime, um, I really didn't know what to do. My brother had joined the fire service in Essex and um, I really wanted to go and live in Australia. So uh, my brother said, oh, you know, you can go and live in Australia as a firefighter. So lo and behold, I decided to join the fire service. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. So I joined the London Fire Brigade yeah. and I was a firefighter for 12 and a half years in London. And during that time, it really, I kind of thought, I don't really want to be doing this because also they changed the rules so you couldn't go to Australia as a firefighter anymore. So I thought, what am I going to do? Because I don't see this as, a, as a being here for the next 30 years or so. Um, so I went back to the counselling and psychology that I'd um, worked at university, decided to do a, another counselling training course and ended up doing a diploma in counselling and started my own counselling agency back in 2008. In 2012, I met a coach, uh, a leadership coach, and had some sessions with her. And she kind of just said to me, John, yeah, you're helping these people with their lives. Why does yours still suck? You know, yours is a mess, basically. Mm -hmm. And I was like, uh, OK, I didn't actually realise that my life was still a bit of a mess because I'd had therapy of my own. And 
I thought I kind of got that on top of those types of things, but actually realised that my life was still a bit of a mess. My mind was a mess. My emotions were a bit of a mess. So um, she helped me to kind of guide me into a different direction to understand that although I understood my story, I wasn't changing my story. Mm-hmm. And she showed me that I could actually start to change my story. That really got me hooked on coaching and I started to implement coaching into my counselling practice. I did a diploma in counselling in coaching and consultancy. And in 2016, I'd left the fire service. I'd been working part time in the NHS as a therapist as well. And I thought, you know what, I need to just focus on the coaching side of things. That's really where my kind of passion is. Mm. I'd ruptured my knee playing football at the time. And I sat around for a month or so and I thought I really need to take a different direction. Mm. So that's when the John Kenny coaching brand sort of came to mind. And I started to really focus on relationships. Uh, I'd also done a hypnotherapy diploma, NLP practitioner uh, and psychology diploma. So I decided to fuse all of those together and form what I call interpersonal relationship coaching. Nice. nice. Yeah. Uh, or IRC for short. I'm hoping yeah. that will catch on one day. And um that's fused all of those approaches together yeah. and I really started to focus on the relationship type of thing. So I'd also done a couple's counselling qualification, so I was seeing couples, um, but I really wanted to work with individuals and helping people to manage the toxic and unhealthy relationship spaces that they found themselves in, which is where, when I met my coach, that's where I was. I was constantly repeating destructive and chaotic relationships over and over and over. And I wanted to help people to step out of that space or manage that space in a better way. Uh, So I did that with the kind of, that was where my focus was. And then in the end of the first lockdown last year in 2020, I had a lot of people coming to me and saying, look, I've, um, I've been single for the, through the first lockdown and I really don't know why Um, I've been on my own. I know that I don't want to be on my own. Could you help me to figure this out? So at the end of the lockdown, I started to get a lot more inquiries from people in that space. And that's when the Relationship Guy uh, tag was born. And I decided to work focusing on people that really wanted to find quality relationships. And that's where we are today. Um, And that's where I see it moving forward. So my focus is to help people to um, understand why they've not found the relationship that they want in their lives and there could be several reasons for that mm. and then to be able to put them into the mindset that they can then go out and find the person that's that's right for them love it love it i i really do love it genuinely as well because it's it's one of it's a passion of mine as you as you know and uh mm. i'm curious though I'm curious because when I was listening to you, I was I was reminded of something, a conversation I was having recently with somebody about this whole genre and the fact that most people that come into this genre to serve others come from a, a place of trauma themselves at some point. And that's what's driven them to it. My own was depression when I was younger. I suffered mm-hmm. with depression. Um, and, and I'm wondering how big a, a part uh, your your toxic relationship with yourself played mm-hmm. in what you're doing now oh, it's, it's, it's the biggest part yeah i wouldn't be doing what i'm doing today if it wasn't for my own struggles that i had when i was growing up mm. um i remember once i went on stage to collect a raffle prize when i was with my mates on holiday and the guy said what's your name and i said john and i felt really embarrassed 
I thought it was just because I'd had a few drinks that I was standing on stage in front of about 400 people. But then actually, when I wrote my book a few years ago, I actually realised what was going on. I was actually embarrassed to be me. Hmm. I was embarrassed to say my own name. Yeah. Um, and like you said, that toxic and unhealthy relationship that I had with myself, if I didn't have that, then I don't think I would. I actually, I'm 100% sure I wouldn't be in the space that I am now yeah. trying to help to um, understand that relationship they have with themselves so that they can then bring those relationships that they want into their lives. You know what? You have no idea how strongly that resonates with me. I'll tell you a quick little story. I mean, you know about my background being in, in the rock industry and singing and all that sort of stuff. Mm. I played in front of some big crowds, did some football stadiums and all that sort of stuff. Mm. Um, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Very similar. If I, if I was there maybe playing to 15,000 people or 20,000 or whatever it was in a football stadium, absolutely loved it. If I was playing in a pub to two men and a dog and there was eye contact, right. it was way too personal. Very similar, very similar, mm. because when you're up there parading around in front of a big crowd, it's not as personal and you're actually being somebody else. You put on this facade, this, this kind of you're an entirely different person. Yeah. But then when you're in an environment where there's only a few people and they're looking you right in the eye and it becomes personal, that was mm. more difficult for me. And mm. so I really resonate with what you're talking about, you know, and it's, it is a great place though, isn't it? To, because you and I are both equipped because we've had to come from that place. We've got complete empathy with anybody who's going through it now themselves. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Connection is, uh, is an issue for a lot of people. Yeah. yeah. To connect at a, a deeper level, to really allow yourself to be seen Mm. and to see someone else is is you know if you if you've had a lot of difficulty in that area growing up then you will struggle as an adult to be able to form those bonds that you're looking for yeah uh, and as you said you know that kind of people seeing you you know really seeing you and allowing people to really see you is is so uncomfortable at times yeah 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 i i, I once um I, I did the myers-briggs thing and i came out um as an infj which is mm. extremely rare. It's a massive introvert. Now, given what I've done in my past, you'd never think so. But I used to giggle about it when I had a business partner years ago, and he, he was an absolute extrovert from, from head to toe, right, all the mm. way. And I used to giggle with clients when, when I used to talk about meeting them for the same time at, let's say, a restaurant or a cafe. I'd say, if it's busy, look for the corners. I'll be in the corner somewhere away from the crowd. Mm. If it had been my business partner... I would have said, you'll find him in the middle of whatever crowd there is. That's yeah. where he'll be. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it, it's, it's really interesting. But I have to add as well that it's, it's kind of some, it's definitely, although it can be a limitation to begin with and something that you need to overcome, there are so many introverts out there, you know, that, that actually come good. It's, it's not something that, that stops you unless you allow mm. it to. And the same in relationship, isn't it? You, you, you need to overcome this, learn to love yeah. yourself before you can love others fully, you know? Yeah. I, I've been the slightly the opposite. Although I've really struggled with this thought of who I am and the feelings around who I am. I've always been a bit of an extrovert. Nobody would ever tell you that I was an introvert. I'd always be the, you know, I used to do theater group. I was obviously, an athlete, I used to be on the TV. Um, I'd always want to stand out in a crowd because I was an attention seeker. Yeah. I wanted people to like me. 
but again it was all a facade it was all you know inside I was massively insecure and was putting myself out to be rejected but I was so desperate for acceptance yeah that I really wanted to be seen so that people would prove to me that I was worth something but the confidence was so fragile Mm. that if it wouldn't take very much for me to um, self-sabotage that or to take that in a really bad way if someone was to not show me what I wanted or needed at the time Mm. and saying on top of that I also had limited expectations of myself so when I was doing really well, especially if my athletics was going well and then um, other bits and pieces that I tried to do in my career and have gone well, because of my confidence, because of the lack of belief in myself, I would then do something which would ruin that. And so I would never actually reach yeah. the levels I could have done yeah. because I was really striving to get somewhere. But then my brain was going, yeah, but you don't, you don't, you don't really deserve to do well. You're never really going to amount to anything. Um, why don't you do something which makes a mess of this now? So that's exactly what I would do um, in all areas of my life, but especially with my relationships, I would always choose relationships which I knew would make me feel worthless. Yeah. So no matter what I did for somebody or no matter who I was for somebody, for them, because of the issues that they were struggling with, I would never feel like I was enough. And therefore the relationship would then come to an end and I would feel resentful and upset because I thought, oh, you know, oh, I'm not good enough again. Yeah, uh, they treated me badly, but it was me choosing those types of people to be with because I didn't know how to be with somebody in a healthy space. Yeah. And I needed to feel rubbish about myself. Hey, who needs competition in relationships or in business when you're beating yourself up like that on a daily basis? <laughs> exactly. It's it's real weird. When when I I left the music business and had gone back and got a normal job and just decided that was it, I'd had enough. I'd had the record deal, it hadn't worked out quite the way I thought it would and everything else. And I thought, you know, I'm happy now, that's okay. And then I got approached to join a well-known band and start touring and doing all that. And in the end, I thought, you know what? Okay, I'll give it one more go. And um, I can always come back, do this if it doesn't work out. It went really, really well. Here's where the connection is. That's when I had to go on to antidepressants the first time. It started to go so well, I spent all my time waiting for life to take it away again. Right. So, yeah, crazy. And you and I are not the only ones. It's it's just so sad that Mm -hmm. we don't need competition in any area of life when all we're doing is bursting our own bubbles every five minutes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. When I do athletics, it's a very singular person event, apart from yeah. maybe if you're doing the relay. But my mind was never really on the competition. My mind was always on myself, which it needs to be, but it was always on how I was going to not do very well mm-hmm. um, because I didn't have that confidence and belief in myself. And it's interesting that you said that, you know, the, the fear of losing something so that, again, people talk about fear of failure a lot, don't they? But you, I think, you know, the fear of success is just as debilitating at times because yeah. we just don't know how to, maybe fear is not the right word, but the fear of getting something or the fear of loss, I think. Mm. It's what I can have, what I've got. And, and like you said, when, am I, when is that going to be taken away from me? Because my expectancy is that either I don't deserve good things, good things I get never last or whatever our yeah. idea about that might be. And it's interesting, like you said, that you then needed to go on antidepressants because your fear of loss 
was completely overwhelming you. Yeah, it's 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 kind of like uh, it's it's the old upper upper limit trigger. It is. It's that false ceiling of expectation, which is directly linked to your self value. That mm -hmm. that's the issue. And here's the weird thing. And this is, and I'm I'm sure this is the the same in relationships as well. Um, you know, whether it be a, a kind of, uh, you, you know, husband, wife, wife, husband, it doesn't matter, or relationship with business people, it, it really doesn't matter. I find that when I'm talking with clients, a lot of the time, I'll, I'll go back to the, the, the iceberg example that I think we spoke about in a previous um, call. And, you know, a lot of the stuff when you said you, were, you had a toxic relationship with yourself, that's largely obviously because you were running your life on a logical conscious level. Okay. You were trying to fix the challenges that you'd created on that level with the same level of intelligence. Then you mm -hmm. began to look at trying to reprogram your subconscious as well mm -hmm. on that. Here's the problem with that. And I'm, I'm not telling you anything you don't know, but we'll just clarify for those watching. The problem with the subconscious is, is um, it will go out there and seek evidence to support things. Mm -hmm. So it becomes a belief the reticular mm. activation system, all that stuff, okay? So that takes a lot of work over time before that becomes permanent. Here's the thing, the, the way to circumvent that completely is to tap into faith. Faith has got nothing to do with requiring evidence from anybody or anything. It's just an innate knowing. That lies below the subconscious in what I call like the superconscious, high, higher self, whatever you want. It's almost yes. like your, your connection with your God force, mm. whatever ever label you want to attach. And when you kind of, you know, people talk about love at first sight and, all, and you know, taking it back to the relationship thing. When you instinctively know you're with the right person, it doesn't matter what challenges or problems you come up against. You're in it to win it sort of thing. You're in it for life. Mm -hmm because you mm. know you're with the right person. When you're aligned with your passion as you are now, and I am, we're all gonna have our challenges as entrepreneurs, but we innately, we know, we have a knowing based on no evidence whatsoever, mm. that everything's gonna be just fine. And it's so empowering. And, and I do try to encourage people to get clear on who, reconnect with who they really are. Because as we mm. get, go through life, and I'd like your take on this, I believe as we go through life, we actually start to develop a life that's more in keeping with other people's wants, needs, and desires than our own, to the point where we might not even be able to put our finger on exactly who we are and what we do want for ourselves. Mm -hmm. Can you speak yeah. to that? Yeah, no, that's what my documentary is about, actually. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> um, so my documentary is called Forget Me Not the Child You Left Behind. Mm. Because um, as, as a child, especially myself, but um, most of the people that I work with, we learn to conform. We learn to fit into the experiences and the relationships that we have when we grow up. Mm. And if parts of our personality, parts of ourselves don't seem to fit when we're younger, we discard them or we suppress them. Mm. And we try to show the side of ourselves that is accepted by the people that are around us. And then when we get to adulthood, we really struggle with this whole holistic self mm. because there's parts of us that in the past what we have rejected in the past and we don't know how to be that person. We don't know how to accept that that is part of who we are. And the documentary is to say, OK, it's about understanding the parts of yourself that you might feel uncomfortable with 
mm. and actually then bringing those out of yourself in order to allow yourself to be whole again mm. because there's no reason to suppress those because there's no one around to tell you anymore that that's not okay apart from yourself mm. and then when we start to bring those constituent parts of ourselves back together and start to feel more comfortable with those parts and allow them bits of ourselves to be seen mm. then we feel a lot more congruent we feel a lot more authentic and a lot more whole and that self-confidence that comes naturally will build so that we're able to accept who we are yeah. yeah and I, I agree that this i mean when i first started the kind of changing the subconscious idea i was really rejecting of anything positive about myself out of hand because as you said you, my belief was that i wasn't very worthy that i was never going to amount to anything and i wasn't allowed good things that i was rubbish at things and every time i tried to sort of say oh no john you're really good and this that and the other and mm. my brain would go no you're not yeah. Um, yeah. So I started off by just saying, you know what, John, you're okay. Mm. What you're doing is okay. This yeah. is okay. And gradually that message seeped into my subconscious mm. that, you know what, you're okay. And then I was able to layer it up to make it more positive and more positive. And now I won't swear, but my now my affirmation, if I'm feeling a bit down on myself, is you are awesome, but with an F word in front of it. <laughs> <laughs> And I believe it because I've layered that are, up. By the way, you are. <laughs> Thank you very much. But I've, again, it's that belief, that, that concept. Now, I do slip back into my old stuff occasionally when I think, where's my next client coming from? Is this going to work out? And I go, no, stop. It's all okay. It's going to be great. You just keep going where you're going. And it's all falling into place. Everything's going to be great. That's and it's it. about, like you said, buying into that sort of, what do they call your super genius or your super conscious yeah. or whatever it is that you that higher level of higher level. belief yeah. faith whatever you want to call it that yeah. you are going to be able to achieve what you want yeah and it's interesting you picked up the reticular activating system that's a that's a godsend for me i think when i first recognized that and i knew that there was actually a physical part of my brain which finds what i want and if i keep telling it what i want it will look for it all of the time yeah um and again it's the same as if what i don't want and this is where a lot of my clients fall down because they're always looking for what they don't want mm. which is where i was i was looking yeah. for relationships that didn't make me feel crap that this this and this and this and mm. all i was finding were relationships that made me feel crap because my, i was telling my brain all the time that that's what i didn't want to find yeah um, i like to use the analogy that if i go to the park looking not to tread in dog poo all I'm ever looking for is dog poo. It's dog poo. Exactly right. Yeah, exactly right. And so you, I'm miss you, all you know what you're saying it? just then about, about you used to worry, worry about, like, you know, where's my next client coming from as well? Mm. Projection is one of the worst things for feeling fear and magnifying fear. And, mm. and that's where Alcoholics Anonymous talk about it all the time down there in, in their 12 steps program as well. Live in the moment, live in the day. You've got Eckhart Tolle talking about the same thing. But there's such power in just being able to say, you know what, I can only affect the moment I'm in. The moment I'm in is the only moment I have right now or will ever have. And when it's past, I'll be in another moment. And it's my job to do nothing other than be happy in that moment. But the minute you start to project outwards, you're worrying about things you cannot control, which is pointless, yeah. absolutely yeah. pointless. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it was interesting that you said that because, oh, yeah, I mean, I talk to loads of coaches and most of them want more clients and they're, none of them are living in the now. They're all out there somewhere, you know, in their mind and just yeah. getting more and more and more frustrated, which leads to more and more of the same. So, um, 
no it, it is uh yeah i love this stuff how long you got can we stretch this out for a next three days <laughs> <laughs> do you know what we probably could yeah, we i think we could i think yeah. we could Listen, I mean, I, 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 know, I know that you're busy and, and I want to keep this to time and I know we're, we're getting close to the end of our time together. So, John, I'd really love to be able to give some people some links and information if they want to dig further into what you do and need mm -hmm. help. Where can they yeah. go to find out more? Um, so the best place probably to go is my website, which is www.johnkennycoaching.com. You can find me all over social media as well. If you want to follow me on there, just John Kenny Coaching, you'll be able to find me on there um if you do go to the website i actually as i mentioned i wrote a book a couple of years ago called the people program which i've got a little copy of just here brilliant uh, overcome your blocks to success now uh, the first part of the book is about kind of my life story to a certain degree and how i figured myself out and what the issues that i had and why and the second part is a six-part program to help people to ask themselves the same questions as that I've turned that into a video program, so you can get that for uh, uh, no cost on my website if people visit there at the moment. And uh, yeah, so um, if you're interested in learning a bit more about what I do and following those steps, then you can get that free download. Love it, love it. And, and the documentary? Yeah, the documentary is also available on Amazon. And at the moment, uh, when we're coming out of lockdown, I have to see what the producers say. Um, but because of lockdown, they allow me to sell it on my website for a pound. And oh. it's still there at the moment. It's a 70 minute documentary. It's well worth a watch. Yeah. Uh, but because we were looking to help people to kind of figure things down, to find something in informational during lockdown that's going to stimulate people a bit and get them to think. Yeah. Uh, we had it on my website. So, again, if you go to website and have a look at my resources list there, you can buy the documentary for a pound at the moment and all proceeds go to uh wards um low-cost counseling and cbt therapy for an agency where i am a director too yeah. so that would be great if you could john that's wonderful i'll tell you what that says everything about you as a character um, i'm delighted we're connected and i know we're going to go on to be really really good friends i know it i would love to be able to do this again with you maybe in six six months and see where we both mm -hmm. are and and see if there's any more nuggets of wisdom we could drop uh, over yeah. Coffee. And um, like, you see another three days worth probably. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> that's the that's the issue. We've got to watch that one. Got to watch that yeah. one. But listen, a big thank you to you. I really appreciate your time. Um, take good care, stay safe, and okay. much success in the future. And we'll connect again soon. Here's well. Thanks for having me. Take Here's care. Job. Bye, mate. Bye-bye.